Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses. I want to welcome our South Shore campus joining us right now, Gulf Coast, online here at Little Creek. I want to welcome you guys to Happy Resurrection Day. Come on, can we just welcome everybody? <clears throat> so excited to have all you guys. What a powerful, how many of y'all think they did a great job? Wasn't that awesome? And all the campuses, that tremendous production. Well, we started today, and we started with a demonstration and a production really illustrating two things. Number one, the cross, and number two, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what Christ does in the life of an individual that trusts him. You know, it's interesting. We were, there was some scripture up there just a couple moments ago, and it was, it was a unique perspective because it was really the perspective of a centurion, a Roman soldier, which would be a leader over some Roman soldiers. And there was a scripture in Matthew 27 where he said a comment. Now, it's interesting. The Bible does not tell us whether this particular individual had a relationship with Jesus at all. In other words, the Bible doesn't tell us whether he was, he'd seen maybe Jesus on the Mount of Beatitudes and, oh, I recognize this guy. No, it doesn't say that at, at all. We do know that there were Roman soldiers at every crucifixion. Now, let me tell you what a crucifixion is. A crucifixion is, it was, it was kind of capital punishment first century. That's really what it was. When people would die on the cross, remember that day, there wasn't just one person, there was three people dying on a cross. It was Jesus and then two criminals on each side. And so this centurion was there, and it was something unique about Jesus. There was something unique about what he was saying. I mean, how many people, when they're being crucified, look out and say something like this, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I mean, that was pretty strange. And they came to this moment where Jesus breathes his last breath, and it is finished. And, and then we read this in Matthew 27. The Bible says, so when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly saying this. So here's the words of the centurion. Truly, this was the son of God. The way in which he died, the, 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 the dynamic that his life encapsulated by the fact that, that, that he was forgiving those that actually put him there, even though he was innocent. The earthquakes that happened, there was something unique about Jesus dying on the cross. You know, it's interesting. I uh, had a conversation with a guy one time, and they said to me, they said, you know, I, I like Christianity. I like kind of, I like the good moral teachings. I mean, those are good things, right? The, I mean, you know, blessed are the humble, blessed are the meek. I mean, these are really good principles. And if we can employ these in our lives, I mean, they'll help us. I mean, the world will be better. And, but I'll be honest, Steve, he said, it's just there's so much, <clears throat> there's so much gory nature to the cross and the blood. It's like, oh my gosh. Do you I mean, in other words, do you, can you have kind of all the nice teaching, but detach it from kind of the gruesome part of of the blood. And I want to say this respectfully. The moment you take the cross of Christ out of Christianity, you don't have Christianity. It's that the cross that the blood of Christ was shed. It's at the cross. By the way, do you know the word? Do you, you know the word when you're in extreme pain? I, I know you've said this. I've said it. We've all said this before. Man, that pain was so excruciating. Do you, you know where that word comes from? It actually comes from two Latin words, ex excusia. 
And it actually means together, watch this, on the cross. So actually the word excruciating, it's a, it's a cross term. It's, it's, it's when Christ died on the cross, he, he shed his blood for us. He, he gave of himself for us. Now, I do want to say this. I, I just personally want to say I don't like seeing human blood, I, 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 particularly my own. And I don't like that at all. You know, now it's different, you know, but, 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 but I'm just telling you, with you I, don't, I don't like that. Matter of fact, if, if you're ever a nurse for me or whatever, I, mean, I, I don't like taking shots either. I mean, I just, I, I need people to kind of, can I hold your hand? I mean, seriously, I, I know this is not weird, but, I, and by the way, I had somebody recently do the one, two, three. I'm going to do it on three. They lied. It was like, one, two, hey, where's the three? What's up? I mean, I didn't even get the three part, man. I got to tell y'all something that happened to me. I, I, uh, a number of years ago, I was, I was having a knee problem, and I kept going to a physical therapist trying to get my knee, and it just, it just I, couldn't, I couldn't get it right. So what happened was I, uh, I finally saw a doctor. He said, here's what needs to happen, Steve. We'll, we'll, we'll do this little procedure, and, um, and, and we'll, take, we'll actually take kind of the blood out of your knee and then we'll spin it. I said, do I have to watch? No, no you don't have to do that, but you'll, I mean, you'll see him take it out. And I said, well, let me just ask you this. I mean, this is a major deal. This is probably surgery. Are y'all gonna put me on anesthesia for like three days? I, no, no, no. No, no, Steve, this is like a little, I said, okay, okay. So, so we'll take it out and then we actually put it back in. And what it does is it, it kind of provokes it. it. It helps the healing process. I thought, all right, you know, so matter of fact, at our South Shore campus, uh, Pastor Dave Madden, who we love, Pastor Dave's one of the great pastors there. And, and so he brought me. So he picked me up that morning. And we drove across the causeway, went to Metairie. Uh, we, we, we were in Metairie and, and went to the, host, the, the doctor's office and did the whole thing. And so afterwards, you know, are you okay? You know, need some juice, you know, whatever. And uh, so I said, I, I think I'm feeling pretty good. So I got up and I got in a car, Pastor Dave's driving. And we're on, this really happened. We're on Severn and, and, and going back towards the North Shore. And all of a sudden, I like freak out. I'm like, ah, I got to get out of the car. He's like, what are you doing, Pastor? I say, stop right now. I jump out of the car and I'm walking around. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm in the CVS parking lot. And the next moment I wake up, it's about 15 minutes later, he told me, my head hurts and all these people are around me. And I saw ambulance lights right there. And I heard somebody saying, that's Pastor Steve. <laughs> May God be my witness. They told me afterward is it was a vasovagal. It sounds like potato chips. Something happens. It just kind of, this is a phenomenon that takes place. But by the way, Pastor Dave calls me the next day. He goes, Pastor, listen, I was so concerned yesterday. And I'm like, you, you were concerned for me? He goes, well, honestly, I was just concerned for, for me. And I said, why? He goes, I couldn't bring Pastor Steve to the South Shore and he comes back dead. You know what I said? <laughs> I'm like, what about me? What about my concerns, my needs? So, so I want to go on record. I, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like seeing blood. But, but you can't take the blood out of Christianity because it's at the cross. See, here's the problem, because we have a sin problem. Yes, we do. Romans 3.23 says, all of us have sinned. You've sinned, I've sinned. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, the payment for sin. In other words, somebody's got to pay for that with their blood. Well, you know, in the Old Testament, there was, there was sacrificial systems and, and they would sacrifice different, different animals. And then one day, John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, he said, he saw Jesus coming and he says, behold the what? Say it, the Lamb of God, the Jesus Christ. 
was the ultimate sacrificial lamb. That's what he was. So, so, so you, can't, you can't take the cross. I'm answering two questions today. Number one, why the cross? And then in just a moment, why, why the resurrection? The Bible says in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, it says it this way, verse 19 and 20, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. What is he talking about? We were separated in our relationship with God. God is a holy God, and, and we could not go. We couldn't enter into the presence of God. You know, the scripture actually talks about that when Christ died on the cross. And he said those words. He said, he, 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 he said it is finished. Actually, in the temple in Jerusalem, the Bible says the veil was rent from top to bottom, which how do you do that? It's a supernatural act. And the reason why that's important is he did it through his blood. We can now enter the holiest, the presence of God, by the blood of who? Say it, Jesus. By a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through his flesh. It's interesting. There is a, a phenomenon that we all deal with. It's called guilt. And guilt is something, it's, it's actually designed by God to allow us to know. It's kind of like in your car when our cars used to talk to us about 10 years ago. They don't talk to us as much anymore, but, you know, something's wrong, like oil's low or whatever. The, the guilt is, is designed by God in our system when we feel guilt. It's something is wrong. There's a transgression. We've, we've got we've to get, now watch this, we've got to get that guilt off of us. Unresolved guilt and shame I got to tell you, that causes a whole bunch of problems. And by the way, sometimes people would say, well, you know what the problem is, is that if, if we, matter of fact, there's a, there's a move even in culture. I tell you how we get rid of guilt. We get rid of guilt. And the reason why we're guilty is because of Christians and they've got this Bible. And so we'll, you know, we'll get rid of the Bibles and we get, because if you get rid of the Bibles, then you'll get rid of guilt. No, the problem is you can get rid of the Bibles, but you can't get rid of your conscience. And you and I are made in the image of God. And, and we know we know right from wrong. You, you can't run from your conscience. So we have this guilt problem and, and we struggle with it. How do we do it? Well, people go to great lengths, pay great money, do lots of things to try to somehow to suppress that feeling of guilt. I'll never forget, I... Um, I heard the story of a Christian psychologist. Actually, I actually heard him speak, and he was telling a story. It was so powerful. And he was, try, he was telling us, and there was a group of us, he was of ministers, of leaders, he, he was telling us how he was trying to convince his patient of the reality of the blood of Christ that, watch this, that actually cleanses you from guilt. That you don't get rid of your guilt by your behavior and your performance, but it's it's, it's something that Christ did for us. I'm answering the question, why the cross? So he couldn't get it across to his patient. He said, he just, he just, the person just, they couldn't connect the dots. So he said, I tell you what you, I want you to do. I want you to, I want you, here's this paper. I want you to take a moment. We've got an hour. I want you to take a moment, take 30 minutes. And I want you to write down every single sin that you can think of that you've ever committed. And he goes, guy goes, I've done a lot. He says, I, I can handle it. Just, just, take just put as many as you can in the next 30 minutes. Can you do that? So he just starts writing and starts writing. And so finally he gets to the end. And when he gets to the end, the Christian counselor, Christian, he's a psychologist. He says, listen, I want you to get up and, and uh, I want you to come with me outside. The guy goes, all right. And he goes, just fold your paper. 
There's actually several papers that he had. And uh, he was like me growing up. But anyway, so, 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 so he had several papers and he goes outside and there's this big, there's this big trash can. And he says, I want you to throw your papers. I want you to throw your papers in the trash can. And he threw the papers in the trash can and he, and he lit a match and he gave it to the man. He says, I want you to light the last one, the last one, light it on, light it on fire. And I want you to put it in there. And he says, I want you to watch it. So, I mean, this is power. I mean, we are just like riveted listening to this. And he says, do you see them burning? Do you see them burning? Yeah. Okay, can you, are they still legible? Can, can you see them? Can you see your sin? And he goes, I, 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 yeah, kind of. I, I really can't anymore. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's going. About three or four minutes. You, you, know, you know how it burns, it, it kind of burns on the edges and then it's, and he says, um, look down now, what can you see? He says, well, all I can see is the ashes. Can you make any of them out? He says, I, no, sir, I, I really can't. He says, when you confess your sin to Jesus, listen to me closely, you are cleansed of your sin, and the Bible says God himself can't make them out. He throws your sin as far as the east as from the west. The blood of Jesus cleans you, cleanses you, just like you've sinned no more. Is that powerful? That's what the blood of Christ does. Wow, wow. And the guy goes, I got it. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22 says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. We can't ever get away from the cross. It's the cross of Jesus where, where he died for you and for me. And by the way, I'm gonna say this respectfully. Do you realize, and I, I, I wear crosses, but do you realize that wearing a cross around your neck, that's like a first century, that's, that's, like, wearing, that's like wearing an electric chair. In the first century, that was a form of capital punishment. Now, I understand the artistic dimension, but you gotta understand that the cross, only God, only God could make something that was a form of torture, punishment, and death into a symbol of love, of how much God loves you, of how much God cares about us. Second question, I'll close. Pastor, I got it. I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. So the cross is about Jesus dying, shedding his blood so that I can be forgiven, that my guilt can be cleansed, my shame, and I can be clean before God. Yes. Why the resurrection? Stay with me. I've got three or four minutes. Please stay with me. I... Um, I want to make a statement. I'm going to push you a little bit, but you got to stay with me, all right? Just stay with me. Jesus Christ was not the only person who's ever been raised from the dead. I'm sorry, he's not. Matter of fact, in the Bible, stay with me. In the Bible, there's actually recorded nine different people that have been raised from the dead. However, however, the ones that were raised from the dead in the Bible, besides Jesus, there were not resurrections, there were actually resuscitations. Let me tell you the difference. A resuscitation is you're alive, you die, you're alive again, but you die again. That's a resuscitation. Lazarus, in the Bible, I talked about him a couple of weeks, he was alive, he died, he was brought back to life, but Lazarus died again. Jesus was alive, he died, the third day he rose again, he was brought back to life again. But guess what? He never died again. That's resurrection. 
That's what the resurrection. Now, now, why is that important? Stay with me. Let me tell you why it's important. Revelation chapter one, verse 18. This is what John the Revelator said, quoting the words of Jesus. I am he who lives and was dead and behold, I am alive. What? Say it. The spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead. Let me tell you, the, Jesus never died again. Acts chapter one. He was on the Mount of Olives and we know what it's called now, the divine ascension. Why is it so important? Why is the resurrection so important? Let me tell you why the resurrection is so important. The cross, don't miss this, the cross is half the gospel. By the way, there are other people that have died for their followers, but there's only one that was ever raised from the dead. Only one. It's the cross, everybody say the cross, and the resurrection. It's both. At the cross, our sins were forgiven, but because of the resurrection, at the resurrection, the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. The resurrection is about transformation. Romans chapter 10 says it this way. Paul said that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has what? Say it. Raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. It's the cross and the resurrection. We need the cross. At the cross, our sins were forgiven. God no longer holds those things against us. We can be cleansed of our guilt, of our shame, but it's the power of the resurrection. Listen to me close. I'm going to give you one more scripture. In Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 is such a powerful verse. Why the resurrection? But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. Listen to me closely. As a Christian, the moment you give your heart to Christ, the moment you're born again, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead, the same Spirit, that's what Paul says, lives in you and it dwells in you. And will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. Let me close with this story. Why the cross and why the resurrection? I, um, in October 27, 1987, I was a freshman at Tulane University and I, I, um, I was invited to this Bible study. And at that Bible study, it was all college kids. Two girls invited me to this Bible study and I actually played football with her brother. I was like, well... I, you know, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll go. And I, I remember sitting around thinking about, myself, you know, what are all my friends going to think? These are like Jesus people. Oh. Now, now I want to say, I, I, I believe that there was a man named Jesus and I knew there was a heaven and how I understand, but I didn't serve Jesus. I, I wasn't a Christian. And I'll never forget that day I was, I was sitting around and at the end, the Bible study leader, here's what he said. Stay with me. He says, does anybody want to receive Christ? Does anybody want to give their heart to Jesus? And I'll never forget the two lies in my mind. Listen to me closely. There was two lies, not one, but two. Here's the first lie. I had done too much. I had gone too far that I could not be forgiven in my sin. See, I grew up in church and I knew the truth, but I repressed the truth and I ran from the truth. I want to say something to all of our campuses and those here at Little Creek. I want to say there is no sin that you've ever committed that's too far gone, too gross, whether the world says it, the church says it, let me tell you, that the blood of Christ cannot wash and cleanse and make you clean. No sin, no sin's more powerful than the blood of Christ. That's the first lie. Everybody say the cross. Let me tell you the second. Here's the second lie. Stay with me. Was this. 
that I've got to change myself and then I come to God. Let me tell you something, friends, and I say this respectfully. You can't change yourself. Oh, I mean, you can lose a little bit of weight, but you can't change your heart. And I never forget that night, I, I just said, God, if you can take my life, because I thought I got to change myself and present myself to God. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is, is that Christ died to forgive you and Christ rose again to give you power. He's the one that transforms you. And I'll never forget when I prayed that prayer. I said, God, if you can take my life, if you can do something with my life, I give you everything, God. I'll give you all my bad, my good, my ugly, everything. And it was Christ that transformed me. He forgave me and he filled me with his spirit. He gave me the power to change. And I'll say this, it sounds hokey, but the next day when I woke up, the sky was bluer. The grass was greener, but I'm gonna tell you the greatest thing. That weight of sin was off of my back. That guilt was gone. How many of y'all remember that feeling? Wasn't that a powerful? Man, I'm telling you, it's powerful. Everybody say the cross and say the resurrection. I'm gonna ask everybody to bow their heads. If you're in this place today, you do not know Christ. I don't believe there's a better day other than Resurrection Sunday to trust Christ as your Savior. Maybe a friend brought you here. Maybe you got a flyer in the mail. Maybe you saw an ad on Facebook. I have no idea, but Jesus knows where you live. He loves you. He's not mad at you, and he's the one who brought you here. Any of our campuses or those that are online watching, Jesus loves you. He died for you. He rose again for you. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, you say, Pastor, I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. I promise you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand and come forward. But I am going to ask you right where you're sitting. You say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need the blood of Christ to wash me. I want to surrender my heart to Christ. If that's you, the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to lift your, up, your hand up high and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. If that's you, one, two, three. Quickly, hold your hand up high so I can see it. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you right there. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. God bless you, man, right there. God bless you guys right there. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. God bless you right there. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you, ma'am, right there. Anybody else? God bless you. Pastor, I need Christ. Is there anybody else? With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, church, let's pray with those that are trusting Jesus. Can we do that right now? The most important prayer you can ever pray. It's right here. I prayed this prayer 30 years ago. Here it is. Let's pray it together. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Say this last thing. Say, Jesus, I take my life, and I put it in your hands. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of a living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name.